Blog Talk Radio. Welcome everyone to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. I want to say happy Thursday to you guys out there listening. Hope that this week has just been phenomenal, amazing, and successful uh, for you guys out there. Um, of course, as you know, the Beautiful Butterfly Radio Show is brought to you by YRN 1328. Uh, means you're listening to a show that's being broadcast globally. Uh, so big shout out to YRN 1328, you guys. And, of course, you guys know um, no better way to get ready to wrap up this week than have another fantastic and dynamic guest, you guys. And I'm talking about no other than Kyle Green, you guys. And he's coming on. And, man, get ready to get empowered, motivated, and also change your uh, mentality. He is a mentality changer, also known as Kyle Speaks, you guys. And so, He's coming on, and we're going to delve into all the great things he does um, as far as motivating our youth, motivating our adults, and his awesome book entitled The Mentality Changer um, as well. So you're not going to want to miss this show tonight at any time. Uh, you have a question or a comment for him, feel free to call in. The number is 347-326-9139 is the number. And all you have to do is press 1 to join the conversation. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, we are going to be in store for a great so go ahead, make your fingers do a little talking and, and walking and uh, share the show on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all those great things so that you can allow everybody to know that uh, Kyle is over here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show tonight, you guys. And so we're not going to delay any further. We're going to bring the special guest of the hour on here. Kyle, you there? Yes, I am here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, my pleasure. Definitely been looking forward to it. Welcome to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. How are you? I'm awesome, man. I'm blessed, highly favored, all that good <laughs> stuff. What about yourself? <laughs> I am doing fantastic. Uh, I, hey, that's all I can say. I, I'm doing fantastic. Um, so uh, things are, are going well, and uh, it's been a great week and a great day. It's getting a little warm here, but it's it's all good. <laughs> Just think, man, it's been a great short week. We was off Monday for Memorial Day. Yes, yes, yes. 
absolutely, absolutely. And, of course, for the folks out here who may not know, this may be their first time um, hearing you, learning about you, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who is Kyle Green? Um, Well, see, Kyle Green is this little country boy kid who has peasy (laughs) hair who grew up in a small um, country town. Um, I was raised by my elderly grandmother. I grew up down a two-mile dirt road. We lived in a tin-roof house, um, four bedrooms, two baths, full of roaches. Um, I came from really, like, when you when people, uh, you hear the saying, I came from the mud, like, I literally, man, yeah. I came from, like, the mud. I came from a very humble beginning. Like, I can remember um, just having... Mm-hmm. Um, like syrup sandwiches, and and people say it so cliche, like, but I remember yeah. like just eating that. I would tell my kids. I can remember my grandmother. Um, she would buy like um, cereal, right? And, I mean, she would buy like mm-hmm. yeah cereal, and we could only really afford the ones that were on like Wix. So it was like the cornflakes, nothing real fancy. And right. I remember telling right. my kids, I would pour the cereal, and it'd be like roaches that that came out of the, the cereal mm. box, and they was like, "Well, what do you do?" I was like, man, we didn't really have nothing else. So, like, I, you know, took the roaches out and, like, we ate that. Like, I, I came from um, nothing. Um, you know, mm-hmm. family didn't come from a whole lot of money. We wasn't, you know, real well off. Nobody right. had their own business. Nobody were nobody died and left thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Life right. insurance policies. Right. Like, like, everything I got to this point today, um, I really built it on the back and the foundation that I, I grew up with in that small country, country town, in that country house. Right, right. And so growing up like that, um, a lot of times, you know, people, um, especially once they get up into their their teens, you know, uh, we're trying to find um, other things uh, to do in our lives. And so sometimes we end up um, going down the wrong path or, or getting involved in things that you shouldn't have. And so, what was it like for you actually growing up um, as a teenager um, and having to deal with that? Because we've always had where we, you know, had those kids in school who may could afford those, not, you know, nice fancy clothes and shoes and all these different things, and then you have others who weren't able to. So what was your mentality growing up um, as a teenager in, into your adulthood? Um, it's crazy you ask that, and since I've really been on this journey, like nobody really asked that question. Um, yeah. How was it for me then? And for me, um, seeing my friends, you know, whether it was my best friend or my cousin, you know, family who had, you know, their mother and father that was in the house. So they got right. like, you know, always had the, the freshest clothes, the freshest sneakers. Mm. Um, you know, I can remember in high school, all my friends had like cars um, and that's when, like, rims um, and, you know, paint and the system was really in. So everybody had cars. You know, I didn't have a car. Um, so, like, I always looked at that. And it, I think inside, like, I, I probably cried more internally when I saw it, just knowing that I couldn't, um, you know, I couldn't ask my grandmother, like, Grandma, I want a car or Grandma, I want mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. a new outfit when she lived on a fixed income. Um, so as a teenager, man, like, I really just had sports, like, football, basketball, and track, like, was the only, was, like, my outlet 
at that point in my life. So I went like super hard um, in sports um, and, and, and also in the classroom. Um, but sports for me was that outlet where I could equal out the, the playing field where it didn't matter if your mom had money or if your mom and your dad was around like in sports, you know, I could dominate you on mm-hmm. the football field right. or on the basketball court. Um, so that was kind of really my mentality as a, as a teenager. Like, you know, I, I might can't afford or we might not be on the same social economical status, but when we play, when we get on this football field, we on this basketball court, we get on this track, like I'm going to smoke you. I'm going to dust you. You're not going to be able to catch me. You won't be able to stop me. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. You just took me down Absolutely. memory lane with that question. <laughs> well, and, and it's always good, you know, because sometimes we 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 don't always um, have those moments where we we can sit back and, and reflect on things. And so for you, you know, um, like you said, seeing other people, you know, have their parents there and so forth. And so a lot of times people don't often ask um, what a child's mentality is like or state of mind is like growing up without, you know, it's one thing to grow out, grow up, you know, without a father, but not to have the, the mother and father present. And so for you being, being a black man and, and growing up for you, what was that like for you not having your father around and not having, you know, someone to, well, son, this is, you know, these are the, the, the you know, the key rules of life and so forth. And so right. how did it affect you not having that, that male presence around, so to speak? Um, yeah, and, and I'm glad you said so to speak because my dad, um, my dad's a, a good man. My dad was a, you know, a yeah, decent yeah. man, but he lived in a, you know, he lived in the next town over. Um, right, right. So I never had the luxury of going outside um, with my father, shooting basketball, mm-hmm. you know, running, catching pass patterns, you know, the things that I do with mm-hmm. my son being so involved. So um, even though he wasn't, you know, a bad, a bad guy, a bad father, I mean, if I needed like $100, for a football registration or something, he would cut the check. But at some point, you know, in your life, um, it's really not about um, the financial aspect of things. Sometimes it's just all about being there presently. And so I never had that presence in the household from my dad. Like if I got in trouble or I should have been chin checked or, you know, roughed up or put in check for acting out in school or not right. listening to something, like I didn't have anybody to, to really check me on anything. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I had my uncle that was around, but, you know, he he was married and he had, you know, three daughters. Um, so I, I never really had any, like, male figure that was in my, like, immediate family, meaning in my grandmother's house, who um, right. who really had, like, a hand on me, so to speak. I mean, I had a mm-hmm. lot of people in, in our community, in our village, who, you know, saw me and they would pass off wisdom and things of that nature. Right. But nobody really there to, like, discipline me when, when things, when I needed to be disciplined, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 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 And so once you once you got old enough and, and, and out on your own, a lot of times, you know, we, we hear people who talk about growing up in circumstances certain circumstances and they stay that way. You know, there there's no growth, no no you know, no 
no matter what. There's there's always them just staying at that same um, level in their life that they may have grew up in. And so for you, what was your mindset as far as, okay, I'm an adult now. I knew I know how I grew up, you know, and I know um, what that was like. And so how did you strive and maneuver to make your life better? Um, not saying that it was it was terrible for your childhood, but how did you make it better to make sure that, you know, when you got to, ready to have a family, you know, you guys didn't have to, to deal with some of the circumstances that you had um, growing up? Um and 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 understand man it, like it so it was it was tough now I know you said not terrible but I'll use the other yeah. two words it was, yeah, it, it was definitely <laughs> it was definitely tough yeah um yeah because you know keep in mind too like I had a daughter when I was um 16 in just wow. the 10th grade um so wow. I you know I dealt with my mom being um, mm-hmm. on drugs and she was in and out of the house she'll be home for you know, two months, she'll be gone for eight months. My grandmother, um, you know, that was her baby. So my, my grandmother would want to be, you know, want to know where her daughter was. Um, she would be crying right. at night because, you know, her, her daughter wasn't there. And we would go to these drug houses and they would be like trailers, man. And I would walk into a trailer and I would see mm. like mirrors on a dresser with a razor blade and white residue. And, you know, Wow. I'm 12, 13, 14, 15 years old, like, seeing all of this. Um, so all of that, like, played a real big part in the who I would become right. because I had a child so early. I was right. like, you know what, I don't want that same type of life. Or I don't want that same type of, um, you know, I don't want my, my kids. Well, my daughter didn't because my son wasn't born yet. But I didn't want her mm-hmm. to, like, see it and experience it, even though I didn't have her yet at that point in my life. In my mind, I was always thinking about that in college, like, yo, I'm going to get my daughter one day, and she's not going to mm-hmm. see the things that I saw. She, you know, I'm not going to ever drink or I'm not going to smoke. Because when I was, before my mom really got out there really on drugs like that, like, I yeah. can remember her drinking, like, Tangeray, drinking gin, gin straight. Um, she would smoke uh, wow. Newports. And when I'd be doing my homework, uh, she'll go outside, she'll come back in, and I could smell the weed smell. And then she started doing the mm-hmm. home. Like, so I saw, like, how that whole process happened. So I was like, yo, my right. daughter, like, she ne- my kids can say they've never seen me ever drink a day in my life, never smoke yeah. or, or anything, yeah. because I didn't want them to see it and then have to experience the same thing that I kind of went through. So as an adult, I always wanted to give my daughter at that time a life that, you know, I always, like, kind of dreamed of or wanted when I was a kid. Absolutely, absolutely. And, um, Kyle, what I want to do is I want to take a break. But when we come back, I want to talk about what happens mentally and emotionally. You know, seeing um, your mom um, go through those different stages of the addictions that she had and so forth. And so I want to talk about the mental um, state um, and emotions that one experiences during that time. And so uh, what we're going to do, you guys, we're going to come right back uh, with more Kyle Green right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. Check out the creative work of the author, Trent Williams, of www.taylorkennedymedia.com. Chapter of the Delta gives us a peek at his life-changing events. And if that's not enough, Trent tells you more about his brothers and his life through memoirs in his book, The Four Horsemen. 
His blogs and daily stimulating quotes are published in his book, Life's Little Addiction. And when you have a need of some human coaching of life and relationships, take a look at Conversations with Trent, Volume 1 and 2, and Conversations with Trent, Limited Edition. You will find his work available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and all online book retailers. And welcome back, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. This evening, you guys, we are joined uh, by motivational speaker himself, uh, Kyle Green, you guys. And before the break, um, I posed a question to Kyle on what is the mental state. Um, and, Kyle, I, I wanted to touch on that because, um, as well, we always have um, a lot of youth um, who listen to the show as well. And so a lot of times people don't realize how. Um, our youth are affected by seeing, you know, some, sometimes people think, okay, well, kids see things and it doesn't maybe not necessarily affect them because you don't see it affect them in a way that you thought, right. but internally it could be some issues going on there. So for you, what was that feeling like, you know, sitting there and you're seeing, you know, the different stages of, of what's transpiring with your mother and and things around you? And so what what were your thoughts and your feelings during that time? Um, about uh, what was going on. You know, you know, it's crazy that, that you asked that, and I think about what's happening with our youth. Because um, you know, I speak mm-hmm. at, at elementary, middle, high school, right. DJJ, right. alternative schools. I speak to youth um, organization, churches. Um, right. And so, what I what I see happen now is kids be so depressed. Um, and sometimes they'd be so depressed that sometimes they even commit suicide. I can honestly say, man, like, I don't think I ever thought about taking my own life because, like, my mom wasn't around or my dad wasn't there and because we didn't have uh, enough money or we didn't have a lot. Man, this is no lie. I would I would know I'm going on a field trip, Bianca, on a, on a Friday, right? I would go look at my grandmother right. purse, not to steal her money. I would go look at my grandmother purse to see if she had any money, and I would see that she didn't have any money to give me for the field trip. But because I was going on a field trip, I would have to ask her, like, hey, Grandma, I'm going to Savannah tomorrow on this field trip. Um, I'm just kind of letting you know. And I can look at Mm -hmm. her face and see something overcome of emotion on her because she knew she didn't have any money in her purse to give me because, one, she was probably trying to figure out, um, was she going to pay the light bill? Was she going to buy the mm-hmm. seven or eight different prescriptions that she had to take for um, right. high blood pressure, cholesterol, with like all these uh, prescriptions that she had to take? So, um, like, I would ask her, I would tell her more so than I would kind of ask her for money because I knew she wasn't in a position to give it to me. But what my grandmother would do, man, and, and, and um, you know, I go to Pastor Travis um, Green Church, and he got a song called Made Away, um, and I honestly mm-hmm. believe my grandmother must have authored that song in her lifetime and, and like, teleported it to his subconscious memory, and he wrote it because my grandmother always made a way out of no way. And I, I, don't, I don't know how she did it, um, yeah. um, like, but she always made a way for me, my sister, my cousin Ivy, rest, rest in peace to Ivy, who, you know, lost her life at the hands of her boyfriend through domestic violence. But she was raised with me and my sister, so she was like my sister. But my grandmother, like, she always, you know, I would wake up that Friday morning, and it will be like uh, 50 
um, $1 bills on the counter. And I know my cousin mm. T had a store up the street, so my grandmother would probably go to cousin T and say, Kyle, going on this field trip tomorrow, and I don't got a dime to give him. And cousin T would give her the money for me to go on the field. Like, man, so, like, I was never really – I never really needed for for nothing. My grandmother gave me everything that I kind of needed. Now, wanting you know clothes and wanting to be hip on the latest fashions, like all of my friends were, wanting to have a car, um, right. wanting to have money to go out and eat when they went out to eat. Like those are simply just wants. But everything that I needed, like love, like attention, yeah. like yeah. somebody just being there, like I I always had that. So. Um, at times I was frustrated. At times I would be mad. Um, at times I even cried. But um, that was mainly um, my state of mind during that point. That was my feelings and my emotions, um, what I was going to. I kept saying, man, I'm, I'm going to leave Pineland and I'm going to go do something great in my life. Like, I'm going to leave here and I'm going to go do something. And, and I don't know what that something is, but I'm going to just go do something um, big in my life. Like, I always said that. I always kind of felt that. I never knew what it was going to be. Um, but I always had that in the back of my mind. Wow. Wow. And and so going through that process and so then when you got to the point where you where you did become a father, um, even at an early age, um, and, and you talked about, you know, and I guess what was that, that pressure like, or was there a lot of pressure on you, especially being so young and, you know, seeing the different things that transpired with your upbringing, what made you go full force in wanting to be a great parent? Because, you know, sometimes we there is that, that, that domino effect where, if if someone is brought up in a certain circumstances and they don't feel yep. like they've been, you know, supported by their parents, they tend to, to do the same thing that their parents did to them. And so what made you have that total different mindset um, on, you know what, I'm, I'm <laughs> this, this is going to be totally different and I'm going to give all I can to, to be the best father for my child. Man, look, so I, I had a, a grandma and I had a granny. And so granny was my yeah. aunt, but since she was like Abby, my cousin who lost her life, she was Abby grandmother. So since they kind of stayed in the house, stayed on the same hill, it was three houses on the hill. My grandmother, my aunt Vanetta, who was granny, and my uncle Irvin and them, who lived in the back in the big house. So, but granny was like the spiritual, like spiritual voice and a spiritual backbone of our family. Um, and she still is. So I would always yeah. go to go with her to like these church conferences and stuff. And I would see yeah. people, you know, be like, Oh man, God, if you do this for me, I'll do X, Y, and Z for you. And, and I just, I like I had a conversation like one day I was like, man, God, like, yo, I know I had this, this child real early, but um, if you just kind of, you know, get me throughout school and everything, like I'm going to be yeah. the best yeah. father that I could possibly ever be. Um, and I really yeah. like believe that and I said you, you know even though my parents my, you know my my dad showed me what it what it felt like to to be a but again I would only go spend time with him doing the summer right. so in 32 right. days you can't really become you know <laughs> super dad <laughs> right um, right and I was over to my grandmother my grandparents house anyway so he would just come over in the evenings but still um, I said, man, I'm a like, I'm gonna get this right, and you don't get a manual with how to be a a dad right. like or a parent. Um, so right. it was more so, 
like trial and error. Then I was young, so I had a child young. So, heck, I was like, well, we about to learn this on the fly. Absolutely, absolutely. And because I have to ask, because we all end on the show, um, various times we do talk about uh, relationships and marriage. And so for you, having a family now, how does someone who have been through the things that you have, and you mentioned, you know, getting that feeling, that that love and and that support from your grandmother, um, how does someone like that develop into getting married? Because oftentimes when people don't always see the the ideal relationship, you know, people go, my mom and dad wasn't together, or, you know, I never saw what a a healthy marriage or whatnot looks like. How did you um, form uh, what you saw as what you wanted your relationship to look like, what you wanted your marriage dynamic to look like? Um, that's a that's a good question because uh, you know, like again, like you said, if you don't see it, you don't know how it works, and you don't really know right. how it's supposed to work. Um, and so at times, um, I still get it wrong today. You see what I'm saying? Um, yeah. but again, we live in a world where some people, you know, I guess they won't admit when they get things wrong. Um, you know, they'll act as though they have all of the answers. Um, I just, you know, I, I wanted to give my kids, since now I have a, a son too, um, I guess kind of a home that I didn't have. And, and throughout getting it right and getting it wrong, I guess you, you kind of learn, um, you learn on the fly. You, you see what other people do and you try to take bits and pieces from what other people do, and if it works, you know, it works. If it doesn't, you keep trying. Um, but, again, I always want my kids to, um, at the end of the day, and, and my daughter had wrote a post the other day, and she was talking about how happy she was for her brother graduating from elementary school, um, and she gave him, like, a kiss on the cheek. And for me, man, like when my kids, when they argue or they fuss and they fight, I get it because I did with my sister. But when I see posts like that, it lets me know that they've seen something right because they love each other unconditionally. Um, And that was the same kind of love that my grandmother displayed and showed to, like, all of her kids. Like, um, you know, what is love, how love feels, what love looks like. and so if they can kind of see that, then ho- hopefully I'm I'm doing something right um, yeah. in that aspect of my life. Absolutely, absolutely. And, of course, now uh, here you are. Um, we have developed into a uh, awesome, awesome uh, motivational speaker. Um, as you said, you go to various schools and, and do not attention centers and all of those. What made you want to get out here um, and help? Um, specifically, um, not just the the adults, but specifically focus on the youth. What made you want to reach out and and help the youth in the way that you do? So I was sitting in my living room, and I heard Sabrina Fulton say, this could have happened to any one of our sons. And she was speaking 
at the One Million Hoodie March in honor of her son, Trayvon Martin. I've never met mm. Sabrina Fulton. I've never met Trayvon Martin. Heck, I've never even been to Sanford, Florida, to even have any dog in that fight, right? But I had um, my son who would wear this rock star hoodie if it's 100 degrees outside, um, and it was sitting next to me on the couch. And the Sunday before, we knew that Trayvon Martin had Skittles and iced tea. When we went to um, the gas station that Sunday, because after church, um, we go to, we used to go to church across town, and, my, and we stopped in the gas station, and he wanted some Skittles. And I don't know if my daughter, I don't know if he got iced tea or anyway. But anyway, it was the symbolism of his hoodie and his Skittles. And I just think, like, God was like, hey, bro, like, I need for you to do this rally. I need for you to have it at Family Park. I need for you to call it the 1,000 Hoodie March in honor of Trayvon Martin. Because, look, all this stuff right. got downloaded into my head, and I've never done a rally before. I've never organized <laughs> bringing people together. So I had no idea right. where all this stuff was coming from. And I was like, yo, man, what do y'all think about doing a rally for Trayvon Martin? I put it on my Facebook page, and it was, you know, about 2 o'clock in the morning, and I'm thinking everybody's sleeping. I'm like, nobody's going to see this. So people started liking <laughs> it, commenting, sharing People was inboxing me a picture of a flyer. Kyle, I already put a flyer together for you. Oh, Kyle, you need to talk to Chris Sullivan. He know who to talk to in the city about to get a permit for the for the park. I'm like, hold on, like, I wasn't really serious about doing this. Um, right. But oftentimes, man, what I've learned on this journey, man, um, like you'll always be directed to what your purpose-driven life is. Because, see, up until that point, I used to manage an artist. Um, this whole time a hip-hop artist, and I enjoyed, like, going to the studio. I enjoyed going to Atlanta, going to South Beach, being around Lil right. Wayne and um, Lil Bootsy and Yo Gotti and, and you know, <laughs> being on tour. And I, I enjoyed right. um, Young Jeezy shows, bringing Sierra. Like, I enjoyed that. So I thought, I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah. going to be the next Jason Jeter. Um, but, you know, God is real um systematic when he try to when he gets your attention aligned to where Absolutely. he's supposed to be. So I did this rally. Um it went viral in like two days. Cause all I had was two days to like plan it. It went viral. Every radio station, news station, everybody was talking about it. Everybody was tweeting, um uh writing posts about it. Oh yeah, Kyle doing this rally at Finley Park. And so we get to Finley Park and it's like overcast. I'm like, man, God, why would you give me this idea? Why would you tell me to do this? If all you're going to do is let it rain, you know how, you know, we thank God for giving us idea. And <laughs> exactly. We see it not, and then we get mad at it. Like, but um, so when I tell this story in my speeches, I say, man, God got like the biggest sense of humor because, you know, he like departed the clouds and the, he allowed the sun to stick his head in and then thousands of people started coming into the park. So it went from the 1,000 hoodie marching on a Trayvon Martin to like 3,500 people showing up. And I was like, man, I'm supposed to bring people together and like motivate them and inspire them and make them feel good about like life and going to the next level. So from that point, everything in my life changed. So all of the people who I knew in the music industry that came out to the rally, all the people who I knew from corporate America that came to the rally, all of, you know, my white friends, black friends, old friends, young friends, my friends I knew who were in public office, um, they were all out there in support. And so I was like, yo, Kyle, man, like, you got a bigger purpose on your life, bro. Like, you're not supposed to just be managing 
an artist, you're supposed to be managing people, bringing people together. And so at that right. point, um, I had like an epiphany. And ever since then, man, I tell people, I'm like, I've not looked back from that. And I think what Trayvon Martin lost his life, what, four or five years ago? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I've been going hard <laughs> ever since. Wow, wow. And so when you when you go um, and you talk to these kids and everybody's from different um, backgrounds and different upbringings and different various situations, what have you found to be the common denominator, so to speak, of issues that seem to affect our youth nowadays? Maybe the, the, the most common denominator that I see, and I don't care if it's white students, black students, right. I don't care if I'm speaking right. in this um, students of um, Hispanic descent, I don't care what it is. Most students just want to know that you care. Like, yeah. <laughs> once they know that you genuinely, truly you, you're not in there trying to BS them. You're not in there just to get a check. You're not in right. there because um, you're trying to run for political office. You're not in there just because you're an athlete and you're trying to get, um, you know, a tax write-off because you can say you went and spoke at a school. It's like once students know that you care about them, then they open up to you and they tell you anything. They tell you what's affecting them. They tell you why they act in a fool in class. They'll tell you, um, you know, things that they might be kind of embarrassed to tell anybody else because they feel like you truly care about their success and you care about their well-being and you care about, you know, you truly care about their future and their goals and their aspirations. And I have, um, I go into the, the all types of school, man. And once, you know, I share my story about, you know, my mom being on drugs, my father not being there, having a daughter at 15, being educated in one of right. the worst school districts in South Carolina, um, being raised by my elderly grandmother. Like, once I, I put all that out there and they know that, oh, man, he might have drove up in a 528i BMW, but this dude is just <laughs> like me. <laughs> once they see that and that like, future song mask off, once that mask come off and they see <laughs> that I'm just like them and I came from the same, like, um, situations that they may be going through now, and some of them don't even have to be going through those situations, they can have both of their parents there. They see then, oh, man, this guy is human. Like, this guy, like, really care about us because he came here and he's given us his heart and he's given us everything that he has in him. If if I leave a, a speech, and I always say that, man, every speech that I give, like, if I was to die today, I want him to say, man, he gave the best speech ever. Like, so I try to give the best speech. I spoke in Charleston at Goodwin elementary um, at their graduation today. Like, I try to give that the best speech ever because you never know, like, when it's your last time. So if I can plant a seed, if I can impact a life, and if it's just one life, then my work is pretty much done. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and the thing about it is what you mentioned about how kids want to simply know that you care. Um, and, and you brought up a great point. Like no matter, you know, the, the race or the upbringing, every, every kid wants to feel needed and they want to feel loved. And it sent me back to what you were saying earlier in the, in the conversation about, you know, even um, if your father lived the next town over and he would, bring money for 
certain things, but at the end of the day, it wasn't about materialistic aspects. Right. You know, it was about that, that love and that nurturing and that bonding. And I think that nowadays, for whatever reasons, we have a lot of parents who really overcompensate, you know, by doing the materialistic things. You know, well, okay, well, I'm going to get you these Jordans, or I'm going to get you this video game, or I'm going to get you this latest iPhone, whatever. And so, and most kids never experience that bonding with their parents. They never experience, like, okay, getting a hug um, or a kiss from mom and dad. And so, what do you think? What do you think can, how can parents, um, re reconnect with their kids because we hear a lot of parents talk about, especially when they become teenagers. That, um, as my grandmother used to say, you know, when, when you grow up as a teenager, you start smelling yourself and <laughs> right, right. thinking you know everything. We both had the same grandma. And, and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you know, y'all, y'all get to smell yourself and think you know everything. And so, how do parents reconnect? with their kids, even when they're in that tough teenage years and they're dealing with all the different emotions and hormones and attitudes and all those type of things, how do parents at the end of the day um, start reconnecting with their kids? Um, I truly believe you got to meet, you know, your child where they are, like meet them where they are, and then you got to build from that, like, foundation. Um, Oftentimes we go and we try to, you know, and granted, we the parents, so I guess in a sense, it's kind of, it's almost like a dictatorship. But you got to give like your kids some some skin in the game, some you know some point where they can tell you what's on their mind, tell you what they're going through. Um, I know some parents who will say, "I'm not trying to be my child's friend or something. I'm I'm their parent." Man, look, man, I'm my daughter's best friend. Like my daughter, she come to me about any and everything. My son, granted, he you know he. And, you know, girls are closer to their fathers, boys are closer to their mothers, so he's a little bit more right. closer to his mom. But we have um, an amazing relationship, too. I think deep down inside he know that um, if it was a bullet that was shot, man, and it was, and he was in the line, like, I would jump in front of it and take it for him. Like, um, we just got to, as parents, man, we got we to gotta show our kids that we truly um, love and we truly care about them and and we only want the very best for them. Um, and once they kind of see that and they see that you're not, you know, against everything that they do, because as parents, man, sometimes we, you know, we got to check our child when they do something that, that we already know that's not going to be good. Like, this is not going to end well. Like, trust me, <laughs> I tried this. Right. This is not going to end well. And, you know, most kids, they still act out and they still do it. And then they like, dang, like, oh, man, you told me so. I try to take those moments and build on them, kind of kind of learn from them. And, again, once kids know that you, like, care and you're not just trying to be this bully or this bad guy, man, like, it makes – the situation so easy to deal with. I enjoy, I like, I love being a father, man. I love um, when, you know, my kids can come to me and tell me things that, you know, they going through and, and not being able to have, feel like they have to go tell somebody else or to keep it from me. That's the one thing that, that kills me when a kid don't feel like they can come tell their own parent some things that they're going through. Like, how do you not, not – 
I don't understand it. <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> don't absolutely. Understand. And, and and the thing about it, it happens, and I and I you know I always wondered that myself, and I think it's because it just depends. But I think as parents. You know, we we owe our kids that we owe them that 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 line of communication to be able to come and talk to us about whatever, even if it's those difficult conversations uh, that kids may want to have if they're expressing what's going on with them in a in a relationship, sex, you know, dealing with their sexuality, whatever it is. I think that as parents, we owe our kids that to be able to have those heart-to-heart moments to where you just listen. And I think that's the hardest part. I think overall as well, um, as you mentioned, you know, kids want to know that people care about them, but I think kids want to know that somebody's listening, you know, that I'm not just, you know, I'm not just talking and, and my mom and dad are just, you know, giving me the blues and, telling me, okay, this is exactly what you need to do. I think overall some kids just want to know that their parent is listening to how they're feeling, what they're going through, you that's know, it. all those different things. Yeah, yeah. That's it. And and once, and once you establish um, like a, a line of communication or lines of communication, because mm-hmm. yeah, I, I can talk to my kids, man. I text them. Um, I'm, I'm, I follow all my friends. I mean, my, my kids on their social media. So for parents who say, <laughs> oh, I'm not following my child on Snap. What? Are you crazy? Like, man, there's people crazy out here. People say stuff. I, I like their stuff on Instagram. I like it on Facebook. We Snapchat each other. Like, like we, we so cool. But at the end of the day, they understand where if I have to take off the hat, um, of being your friend and being, you know, your father, because I'm always dad first. Um, you know, with my son, I coach him in AAU basketball, so sometimes I'm his friend and daddy, I'm his coach, so me and him, we just clash. <laughs> <laughs> we just clash because, you know, he feel like certain things he can do in, in basketball, right. and I right. know you're going to do it my way. Um but again, man, once once you have that line of communication and that respect, and that respect got to be, that respect got to come from both ends. Like the 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 kid can't respect you, and then you not respect, you know, your child' feelings or emotions or things that they may go mm-hmm. may be going through. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and of course, um, also uh, one of the great aspects besides. Um, being a motivational speaker. You're also an author as well, um, author of The Mentality Changer, um, A Journey to Help Change How You Once Thought About You. And so with this book, um, and I love the title in itself because I think sometimes we don't always feel that we have to change our mentality. I think that some people think, okay, well, I can change, like, certain habits that I have, but some people don't always think, you know, it's it's a total body, like, reset, you know, uh, when, you, when you're trying to make things um, happen in your life. And so what um, brought about um, the idea of creating this book entitled uh, The Mentality Changer? So The Mentality Changer, a journey to help change how you once thought about you. So in order mm-hmm. to first change anything, right, if you want to change your community, um, you probably first should start changing things in your house. If you want to right. start changing the people in the community, you probably need to first start changing the person that you see every single day in the mirror. 
um, once you dis- once you decide to to make a change, things around you, people around you, your situations, they start to change. It 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 just always ha- like it happens like that. I think that's how the universe like works. Um, if you want right. to lose weight, you should probably change your eating habits, change your workout routine, or implement a workout routine. Like you have to make some type of decision that, you know what, I'm going to make this um, assertive effort to change what I've been doing to get, like, different results that I might want in my life. So with that, with the the first book, The Mentality Changer, um, it was just about getting people to change how they think about situations. Like, so for one journey, I talk about um, um, change doesn't, change doesn't happen until you make it happen. Like we can't expect people to change our community. Um, If you don't like put no type of skin in the game, if you, if you're not willing to go to a PTA meeting, if you're not willing to go vote for the local election versus just always voting for the presidential election, because if you want to change your community and you think voting for Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton going to do it, then you were sadly mistaken. You got to change the city council, you got to change the county council, you got to change the mayor. Sometimes people think that they have to make these drastic changes, but a mm-hmm. series of small changes can lead up to a huge, um, you know, a huge change down the road. Like I honestly Absolutely. believe that. I don't know how many students or people that I've spoken to since I really got serious <laughs> about speaking, but I'm willing to bet, man, once these, especially these kids graduate and go off to college and, start living a life, like, I, I know that they're going to affect the change that I've envisioned in my head, where people, you know, understand that love trumps hate, and people understand in order to, um, in order to, to, to do something um, of significance, you got to be willing to act on it, or you got to be willing to dream, like, the biggest dream. I got so many kids, like, dreaming so big right now. I, I can't wait to see how large their realities are because I've planted those seeds to change just because your right. mom didn't go to college. Right. It doesn't mean that you don't have to go to college. Just because your father Absolutely. didn't own a business, it doesn't mean that you can't start a business. Just because right. nobody in your family wrote a book, it doesn't mean that you don't, you can't be the first one to write a book. Like, I honestly um, believe with every fiber in me that we can change like the trajectory of our life once we change our life internally first i I, you cannot tell me that that's not possible absolutely 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 and one of the um great things um as well in this book um was um um, lead, um, love, endlessly, and dream. And so uh, talk about that a little bit because I, I, I love that acronym. Um, so if, if you become a leader, right, or if you want to, if you aspire to be a leader and you want to lead people, and I don't, I, if you're a teacher, to me, you're a leader. If you're a coach, you're a leader. If you do anything dealing with people and you're trying to get people to a, another level in their life, you are leading them. Um, so the one thing that was instilled in me at a young age from my grandmother is like love, man. She didn't have a whole lot of money. She didn't have a whole lot of resources. She didn't have a whole lot 
um, of anything to give, but she gave me a whole lot of love. So my foundation um, was really built and centered around, like, you know, love your, your neighbors. Um, and, and so when it comes to your neighbors, to me that meant loving, like, your community, loving the people mm-hmm. that you interact with. What I can't stand is if we live in a community and I see somebody, uh, say I see a, a, a sixth grader walking and he may be vandalizing a house, We'll act like we don't even see what's going on. We'll look right. away. So but true. then we want to talk about, right. So, and, and, and then we say, man, we want to change the kids in, in our city or in our state, but then you're not really trying to change the kid in your own community. And if I show him love and I say, bro, that ain't right. What are you doing? Chill out. Come in, man. Let me talk to you. It got to be a better way. If I can lead him to something better and I show him because I love him, and I, I and I can show them you like in this love like and and I do it to kids in our community, man. I I talk to these kids that live in Willow Lakes, just like I talk to the kids that I was just speaking with at Goodwin Elementary. Um, so we gotta we gotta be we gotta take the lead um, to to really affect the change that we desire to see. And so um, lead to love endlessly and dream and. I think love can ch- change a lot of the hate that we see in the world. And right now the world is full of hate. Um, we see what just happened. And I mm. think um, on the West coast, when the, the guys screamed these things to these young girls and two men stepped in and he stabbed them to death. And that's like pure hate. Like um, right, my mentor, right. Reverend Senator Clemente Pinckney, he was murdered in his church. Um, and his eight parishioners at Mother Emanuel, like, this was a guy, man, who loved anybody he came into contact with. And so for Dylan right. Ruth to come up in his church and to take his life out of pure hate, um, I think we mm-hmm. got to lead and we got to love endlessly and, and, and just dream in the process. And those dreams eventually become our realities as long as we believe right. that that dream can become a reality. Oftentimes dreams don't become realities because people don't even believe in what they're dreaming. So I just try to get right. people to change their mindsets. Like, why are you dreaming it if you don't think it can become a reality? If I can show you right. that my dreams became a reality and I came from the bottom of, of nothing, I came from the mud, maybe you can see a little bit of reality or maybe you can see a little uh, possibility in your dream. So that's all I really um, really try to do what I really try to share. Absolutely. And, and I think it's also, you know, important that, um, especially when it comes to our youth and and adults, I think that we have to allow ourselves to dream. I think sometimes, you know, we, we, we depending on how you are brought up, you know, some people always say, you know, get your head out the clouds, you know, stop daydreaming right. and, and, and all these different things. And so people just, you know, say, okay, just focus on what's going on now. But I think, you know, having those moments where you dream of, okay, I want to have a business. I, I, I want to, you know, open up a restaurant. I want to open up a store or I want to be an entrepreneur, whatever it is. I think having that ability to dream and to map out where you want to be makes you work even harder towards that. Right. You know, I think that right. when you don't, I mean, the thing about it, if, if, 
if we don't have a vision for the for for things in our life, oftentimes we may get astray and, and we may pick up the vision somewhere else down the road. But oftentimes if we have a vision and we have a map of, of where we're supposed to be, then we can get there, um, you know, like we want to. It's going to take some, you know, hurdles and, and some downfalls and some things that go on, but at least, you know, in the direction. I think that for adults, we have to implement that in our hearts more to continue to dream. You know, I think people feel like, oh, well, you know, you you such and such age, you shouldn't be thinking about, you know, whether it's going to school or open a business or whatever. Those those are lies, you know, because we've seen right. people. We've seen people, you know, um, 80 years old, graduate from college, you know, get in degrees. So, so we know that these things are possible. So I think even when we get into our adulthood, we have to reassure ourselves to, to keep dreaming and, and keep believing in ourselves. Because you know what, if 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 we not right, if if I'm not living my dream, I'm working somebody else's yeah. dream. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. like if, 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 if I'm working for, yeah. for Apple, right? I'm, yeah. I'm if I go work for Apple, then I'm I'm living in Steve Jobs' dream. Yeah. If I go work at Microsoft, <laughs> I'm living in Bill Gates' dream. All Bill Gates and Steve right. Jobs had was a dream. Bill Gates said, you know what? In order for you to turn your computer on, or in order for your computer to work you have to buy my operating system. I'm not sure how big or how that dream came to him, but he said, you know what? I can change the game. I can have people come buy my product in order for their computer system to work. And look at him, man. He's worth $38 billion. And that's all because of a dream that, that he had when, when Steve Jobs, when he died um, a few years back, he left his wife like $9.6 billion. That wasn't the dream that she had. She yeah. probably supported his dream, but that wasn't, that wasn't her dream. That was a dream he had. Right. But she was connected right. to his dream, and I'm sure at times she, she kept him motivated and she probably kept him on task. But if you don't dream, if you're not dreaming, if you're not chasing your dreams, you work in somebody else's dream. So, I mean, you go do the math. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so true, so true. And uh what I wanna do is I, I wanna take a break, you guys. We're gonna come back and we're gonna wrap up and Kyle's gonna let you guys know where to purchase his book. Um he also um is gonna give um you guys some um last uh, great tips to, to get started and to help change that mentality, you guys. So we're gonna take a break and we're gonna come back with some more Kyle Green right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. Hey everyone, it's me, Lisa, from the Conversations with Trent show, featuring, you guessed it, me. Be sure to tune in Friday nights, 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, as we strive to guide you to greater authentic living, right here on your radio network, YRN 1328. Blue jeans, pants. 
hanging down to your knees. Ghetto uniforms. Let me ask you a question. What team do you play for? Playing the position of defense all because of the offenses that were done against you. But you see, your willingness to conform to an outfit that signifies a behavior that doesn't belong to you classifies your need to take part in an assembly whose sole purpose by this society has been classified as weak simply because the outfit is not unique. White tees, blue jeans, pants hanging down to your knees. This look gives your teammates a bad name. Stereotypical fashion that is seen on TV. All that's missing is your jersey number, a.k.a. your digits, and seven or more may explain the crucial piece in life that you as a team member have been missing. Because statistics say that one in every three black men will be sent to state. 59% of brothers will be charged with a drug case. And 29% of black men will be convicted of rape. Let's not even talk about the brothers that go falsely accused. All because of the outfit they subconsciously choose. Y'all might as well put on your county blues. Young men, do me a favor. Please stop being fools. It's hard enough out here in these streets just being you. The complexion of your skin makes it hard for you to win. And if you lose, so do we. Because there are already too many brown babies being born and not and not enough whole unit families. And I, I as a mother, I write this piece as a play because you and your life, believe it or not, it matters to me. And ghetto uniforms, they're way too recognizable out here in these streets. Especially when the gang roster say that every young black man just joined the team. White tees, blue jeans, pants hanging down to your knees. Ghetto uniforms. Take them off. Please. Hey, y'all. It's Coach Michelle Jackson. And when I'm not busy coaching, motivating, or writing, I listen to Bianca Fly on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. Bianca Fly takes me high on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. Welcome to the Beautiful Butterfly Show where everyday topics come together, get discussed, and you get informed. As always, we appreciate your time and your support of this awesome platform brought to you by no other than Vibration Radio. Sit back, relax, and enjoy another fantastic episode of The Beautiful Butterfly Show.
And welcome back, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. This evening, you guys, we've been joined um, by a motivational speaker and author, you guys, Kyle Green, and what a dynamic conversation we've been having, you guys. And so, of course, um, Kyle, I know a lot of folks are definitely um, wanting to know uh, where they can go to uh, purchase your book as well as um, if they want you to come to their school, workshops, whatever, how they can get in touch with you. So provide the folks with that uh, great information, please. Um, so if you want to get my book, The Mentality Changer, A Journey to Help Change How You Want to Start About You, um, you can do it via Amazon. You can go on barnesandnobles.com. Um, if you want an autograph copy, you can inbox me, whether it's on Facebook, Instagram. Um, you can email me at Kyle at Kyle A is an awesome green with the E at the end dot com. Kyle at Kyle A green dot com. Um, you get an autograph copy. Um, so you got several ways that you can order um, the book. If you want to book me for a speaking event at your school. Um, your nonprofit organization, at your church, maybe a youth service. Um, if you want me to come speak at um, an educator's forum for your staff, um, anything like that, anything with students, um, adults, it, it doesn't matter. Um, you can email me at kyle at kyleagreen.com. Absolutely, absolutely fantastic. And um, Kyle, um, at the end of the day, um, what do you believe, going through all that you went through, um, at the point now where you are now helping, encourage, and motivate youth to being a father, all of those different attributes, what do you believe Kyle Green's purpose is now? And I honestly believe that my purpose is to inspire, to motivate, to um, reach our next generation. Um, oftentimes, um, we as in our adult life, sometimes I think we don't do a good job of pouring back into the people that's behind us. To, to right. extend a hand and not just giving a hand a hand out, but I'm trying to give a hand up. So if I can help encourage or if I can help motivate, if I can help inspire um, the 16-year-old right now, by the time in 10 years when they're 26 and they're entering their adult life, and now I'm 45, now they can look back and they can say, you know what, man, it was somebody that saw my potential to be great because we all have the potential to be great. It's just getting Absolutely. people to tap into it. And it's not just young people. Older people still haven't really tapped into their potential to be great. So if I can get mm. people, period, to tap into that potential to be great, then hopefully I can um, help get them to their purpose where they now they can start living a purpose-filled life. And we all have a purpose. We all, like God didn't just put us um, here by happenstance. Like we're not just here taking up space. We're not just here to uh, go to a job and work eight to five. Like we're supposed to be doing something. So that's why he give us um, gifts that's a tied, that's tied to our purpose. And once we figure out our purpose and we use those gifts that's tied to that purpose, 
then we can start living a life like on purpose and we can start living a life that's significant. And not saying that nobody's life is insignificant because they didn't figure Absolutely. out their purpose. Heck, I didn't find out mine right. until I was 31. Um, but if I can get younger people to, to walk in their purpose early on in life, I just think that it'll help speed up. It'll help fast track their progression in life. And they can start doing some of those great things that it took somebody like me to figure out, you know, until I was 31. If you can find it in 21, you got a 10-year head start. And if I can get somebody, an adult, who's been itching at the surface and their wheels kind of been spinning and, and they've been frustrated and they've been beating their head up against the wall like, man, I'm, I'm this close. What is it? If I can come right. tell you, yo, bro, this is what I did. Yo, sis, this is what I did. Right. This helped me. Right. This kind of changed my life. Maybe you should try it this way. Um, and if they can get them to get over that hump and then they can start living a purpose-filled life, man, like that makes me more happy than anything. When I look on Facebook sometimes, Bianca, I look on Instagram, I see people who got their own T-shirt lines. I see people who now put out their books and, and you know, people be like, oh, man, like, you you uh, you uh see what he's doing? I'm like, yeah, man, I gave him the blueprint. Like, I told him <laughs> to go to Create Space if he want to write a book and he can self-publish it right. and he can keep more of his royalties. Like, I told him how to put that book together. Oh, man, he got his right. own T-shirts out. Yeah, I, I bought them. I, so what? I gave him the idea. So what, I gave him my plug who designed my shirts, ain't me printing and graphics. Right. So what, I gave him my plug. I'm not just going to, don't give me a shirt for free. Like, I want to support you because mm-hmm. I don't want nobody just to give me anything. I don't want nobody to feel like they owe me anything. Right. You know, everything that I've ever gotten in life, man, I had to work for it. So if you work hard to start your own company and start your own business, start your own T-shirt line, um, you know, I support those um, that support me at the end of the day. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And, of course, um, to those out here listening, um, adults, youth, from all different backgrounds, from all over, for those um, who are trying to find their place um, in life, you know, uh, you know, crazy shifts and so forth are going on in their lives, and they've had those major roadblocks and this question, They've questioned if if what they're doing is what they're supposed to be doing and all these great things. What is your advice to those on how to maintain focus but also be willing to change their mentality? Um, for 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 those people, I I just say, man, like don't give up. So I saw, I can't remember where I saw it, but it say, if you're going through hell, like just keep going. Like, you're going through a storm, you're going through adversity, you're going through some setbacks. Man, a setback is only a setup for a hell of a come up. Like, I don't care what that come up is. I don't care what that setback is, but it's setting you up for something greater. Um, I believe that with everything in me, any setback, any trial, any adversity, it's setting you up for something greater in life. Because if you went through it, you can get through it. If you're going through it, keep going through it. Um, And it doesn't matter how big your mountain is. Again, we passed the trap song, man. Um, made away. I listen to that. I used to listen to this song. I know three times a day. It, this is no exaggeration. I would listen to it in the morning, <laughs> um, before work. I listen at lunchtime to, to remind me, yo, Kyle, bro, we good. And I listen to it, you know, in the afternoon. Cause like when he, when the party say, like he moved mountain, you call war. Like 
man, like God can move a mountain. He can take um, what you're going through, um, and he can say, man, I'm bigger than your problem that you face with. Like, I believe in all of that. Like, it's nothing that can defeat me. It's nothing that's going to stop me. It's nothing that's going to ever. Now, again, I might get down, but I'm never out. I might bend, but I'm never going to break. Like, you might see me sweat, but that don't mean I'm sweating because I'm, I'm ready to give up. I'm ready to throw in the towel, man. When tough times, tough times always happen. Tough times happen, but tough people survive those tough times. And if you're going through that fire and it's like right up on your butt, man, and it's burning, you're like, oh, man, I'm about to throw in the towel, man. Think about that diamond that was created. They say a diamond isn't, like, defined it, until it goes through the most intense heat, like, until it goes through the most intense pressure, and then that's what produces that diamond. So all you're going is through, is through a process. That's why the book is called A Mentality Changer, a journey, like a journey to help change. Like, man, your, your life is a journey. Like, we all on this journey called life. And throughout your life's journey, man, we have moments, and we build upon our moments. And we take our moments, and we build on That's how that Trayvon thing, that's how I got to where I am. I took every moment, and all I did was just build on every moment. And when I was on this this journey, I took those moments and I created something kind of dope, man, something that I know my grandmother is probably smiling from heaven down, looking on like, <laughs> yo, Kyle, man, I told you you can do it, boy. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. And I'm just thankful that you are making a way, um, not only for yourself, but, you know, reaching back and pouring into others, young, older, middle-aged, you name it. Um, and just sowing back into people. That's what it's all about and should be about. You know, once we um, have been through our struggles in life and the struggles don't end, you know, they may just come in a different form, different pretty package or bow. <laughs> but, but, yeah, exactly. but, you know, we, we learn to handle them differently as we get older. And so I'm just glad um, and, and love what you're doing as far as getting out here, motivating, encouraging. Um, it's very uplifting. I mean, if you guys um, follow Kyle on social media, he's always uh, at a school or a rally, something uh, with <laughs> yeah, the youth, so. and it definitely puts you a smile on your face, yeah, to to see that, you know, uh, because we, we need more of that, uh, more now than ever. Um, our kids are experiencing so, so much, um, even at a different level um, than we were um, growing up, and so now we have to be there for them and support them uh, through these difficult times, and so um, Kyle, I, I definitely just want to thank you so much for coming on here. I have thoroughly enjoyed having you here on the show. And uh, you got any um, final words or thoughts you want to share with the listeners? Um, definitely, man. So I end every speech like this, and I'm going um, to end the call just like this. So I say success in your life doesn't just happen. Every morning you wake up, you're given another opportunity to make it happen. Success is simply a mindset. Those who think that they can become successful many times do, while those who think that they can't many times don't. How are you thinking? How do you view your current situation right now in your life? How do you view that current situation? Is it a success or is it a failure? Are you basing your success on those around you? And if you are, who's to say that they're even successful? Quit looking into the mirror of others trying to find a reflection of what your success should look like. Your success looks like you. You own your success. And if you stay off into your mirror long enough and you don't like what's reflecting back at you, only you, not your mother, 
not your brother, not your sister, or even your cousin, but only you have the ability to change it. So do something in your life that has never been done. Do something in your life that will cause your haters to stop and acknowledge your accomplishments. Achieve a goal that not even a family member said that you could do or had a chance on completing. Birth out that dream, that dream that lives in the pits of your belly. Birth it out into a world and make it one of the greatest realities that mankind has ever seen. Yes, you and not just me can do some amazing things if only you just believe that you can. Yes, you and not just your friend. You can defy all the odds. You can beat back all the stereotypes and you become whoever it is that you desire to be. Yes, you and not just your favorite artist. One day you can own your own dream home and you can drive your own dream car. Yes, you and not just the local businessman. One day you can own your own business, hiring your own people, being your own boss. Yes, you and not just your teachers. One day you can walk across the stage and you can receive your own PhD degree. You can do the unthinkable. If only you just think that you can, you can do the impossible. If only you believe in the endless possibilities that surround you each and every day. And guess what, y'all? You can reach heights that you once thought were unreachable. But first, you just got to be willing to reach out your hand. My name is Kyle Green. And I definitely appreciate you for having me. I definitely appreciate what you're doing with your platform, the Beautiful Butterfly Radio Show. Um, sometimes, man, people um, like us, and again, you might say, well, Kyle, man, you're doing you all over the place. But, yeah, but sometimes our <laughs> platform um, is, is not as broad. We may not reach everybody we can. So it's people like you who create platforms like this that make that give people like me another way to get my voice out there so i i appreciate you um if it's anything that i can ever help you with if you're doing um anything man i don't know what your ads go for but we can definitely talk about that on the end i definitely want to sow back into what you're doing man i honestly believe that um you know when you sow into people man (laughs) god sow back into your life so i definitely want to do something um, as you know, they kind of you know help each other, and I'm I'm big on that. You see that on social media, man. I, I help anybody, um, so Absolutely. I definitely want to do something um, to to make sure I have like my my footprint um, in what you're doing. Wonderful. I definitely appreciate that and appreciate what you're doing. And I will continue to, to spread the, the great word about Kyle Green, you guys, because you're going to be seeing a lot more um, of him. Uh, so be definitely be on the lookout. Make sure you follow him. Um, tell the folks how they can contact you um, as far as social media as well if they want to connect with you. Yeah, so on um, Facebook, it's Kyle Green. Unfortunately, I, even though I did some house cleaning, house cleaning, so I might got a couple of spots um, on Facebook on my <laughs> personal page. Um, but yeah, uh, so I might be kind of maxed out there. But I do have um, a business page. They call it fan pages, but that feel like like you know I'm freaking Little Wayne yeah. or something. So I don't like calling it <laughs> fan pages. But I do have a business page um, for Kyle Speaks. You can follow me on Instagram, Kyle A. Green. Um, You can follow me on Twitter. That's Kyle Speaks underscore. Um, Snapchat is Kyle Speaks. Um, And that's really where I am. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And once again, thank you so much for coming on here. And uh, definitely would love to have you back on here again real soon. And uh, we'll definitely be talking uh, about some of those um, great uh, networking um, and branding opportunities as well. And so once again, thank you so much, um, Kyle, for coming on here. And, and I'm going to give you a super just, exclusive and, for, I'm going to give you a Super exclusive for, for, for we hang up. All right, so okay. everybody was asking about the mentality changer too. All right, you're going to know yes. first before I even put it on my Facebook. So the mentality changer too, I'm not ready to give the subtitle yet, um, but I will be releasing it um, on my birthday, November 18th, um, 2017. So that is the release right. date. Awesome. Finally got well, it we definitely enough gonna have in a way to... where I can... Go ahead, Absolutely. I'm sorry. We, we're definitely going to have to get you on to talk about uh, that mentality changer, too. I know it's going to be just as dynamic uh, as the first one. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, once again, thank you so much for coming on here, and I hope you have a great rest of your evening and weekend, and I'll be talking with you again soon. All right, take care. You too, bye-bye. All right, you guys, that was motivational speaker and author Kyle Green. You guys, make sure you go and connect with him. I'm going to be putting um, the link to his book on the Beautiful Butterfly Show page as well as my page, um, Bianca Fly, as well. And, uh, man, Kyle mentioned so much about Travis Green hit uh, Made Away. You know we got to play it, you guys. So we're going to take a little music break. We're going to come back. I'm going to tell you who's coming up next week right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show.
And welcome back, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. Once again, big thank you to Kyle Green for coming on here and just inspiring um, us and motivating us and just sharing his um, miraculous journey. I truly um, enjoyed just him being so transparent and just being so real. So big shout out to Kyle Green, you guys. You guys go uh, follow him, support him, and connect with him, you guys. And coming up Tuesday, you guys, it's June 6th. Can you guys believe it? We are already um, into June, but coming up Tuesday, we got author uh, Veronica Loving. Uh, she's coming out of the West Coast. You guys are going to come on, and she's going to be talking about her book entitled Feeding the Monster, um, a book that she dealt with um, dealing with abuse, um, molestation um, during her marriage. Um, and this is a book she co-authored with her daughter. So you guys are one going to be on uh, for that show. It's going to be very, very informative and uh just going to be surprised by some of the things that she shares. So that's going on next Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Then coming up next Thursday, we got author Josephine Thomas, and she's coming on, and she's going to be talking about um, her book entitled The Relationship um, Counselor. And so she's going to be giving us those key factors on how to keep um, those intimacy, to keep those date nights going, to keep those communication open um, in our marriages and relationships, you guys. So join us next Thursday um, at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as well. So another week with dynamic guests and dynamic topics. So hope you guys will join us. And uh, you guys, I hope you guys have a fantastic uh, rest of your weekend. And uh, thank you guys for continuing to support the beautiful Butterfly Show and YRN 13. I am Bianca Fly. You guys have a great weekend. I'll see you next time.
working. 